0: everywhere, trees being torn up by the roots, (laughs) rainstorms, hurricanes of mountains on fire flying around, ragdolls on fire, pure anarchy, their dose of shock treatment for that this coming week that this would come out, right? How you doing over there, Mad Mel?
1: I'm doing, this is kind of interesting. I don't have to like yell through the phone and I can hear everything. We can see one another, even though we're not in the same room. I can get used to this.
0: Your name, I noticed your real name's being displayed right now. Which-
1: yeah, I know. I might get stalkers. Now
0: people are going to know. Now people are going to know real names. Well, actually, <laughs> that, that name right there is actually your fake name. We There's- could
1: actually probably change that, too.
0: There's another name you can be found, yeah, by. Melissa Potter ain't real. Yeah, uh, not at all. None of us are real. Nope. We're all fake. Wow. So, you know, uh today's episode uh is is the 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 subject matter is something that I was a little late to the game on. Mad Mel was first in line and uh was the first person to get their ticket for this ride. And uh that is the Creep Show television series brought to us by the great Greg Nicotero, you know what I mean? Yep. Thank okay. God
1: that he had his hand in it because I I mean, it wasn't that bad for the first six episodes, but I think it would have been a lot more lame if Nicotero hadn't been involved.
0: As I look at our screen, I'm trying, I just want to tell the people that it was a lot cooler when we started. And that's why it looks like a, ch- a child wrote on it because we made a few mistakes in our process of trying to figure some things out. So we went crazy. But, uh... Greg Nicotero right now is doing it big, right, Mad Mal?
1: Yes, i like, big fan of his work.
0: You know, he's, going, he's one of those Cinderella stories in the horror world, kind of, where he, I think he got his first, his the first film he worked on was, I think, Day of the Dead.
1: Yep, and he was actually had a bit part in that, too.
0: With his, his teacher and uh, maestro... Tom of, Savini. Tom Savini, you know, icon, legend. And, uh the horror business, you know what I mean? And um, from, you know, from that, he eventually became one of the members in the KMB. you know, that's a le- another legendary effects team, you know, um, and continue to go to this day, you know, he broke out of the uh, special effects world when he, you know, he landed a nice big gig and he, he ended up becoming an executive producer and director. And I think he was writing episodes and just uh, all types of, uh, good stuff for the Walking Dead series. Yeah. I think what is the success of that is what kind of led them to give him the green light on this project right here, which we know as the Creep Show television show. Now, when I first heard they were going to make a television show on Creepshow, I, you know, I was a little, I was, I, I was a little hesitant to throw my, all my, my ducks in a row as they will, you know what I mean? Because i a big, yeah. big fan of the first two films at least, you know what I mean? Like the third one, um, I don't know what you are, uh, you know, have you seen the third film, Mel?
1: I, to be honest, I don't even think so.
0: The third film kind of ma- mashes up a little bit. I, I couldn't tell you the, uh, you know, I couldn't tell you the difference in segments between part three and uh, Snoop Dogg's Hood of Horrors, which I remember being pretty good. So I guess, but I remember Creepshow three being no not as good as Hood of Horrors. Um, but um, I'm trying to recall like what segment what actual segments were, were were in which ones. But I um, mean yeah, I remember Creepshow three being Bad News, and um, of course the one Creepshow one and two are great. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, the second one I think is my favorite of the first two.
0: The second one, it's, it's a little campier. It kind of goes the Evil Dead route a little bit. Where,
1: yeah, I think which is hence the appeal of it.
0: Yeah, I think it's more marketing, more of a marketing tool when they make it more f- fun, you know, funner, if you will. You know, the original venture was a George A. Romero vehicle, you know, in the Stephen King. They collaborated on uh, putting that, bringing that together, which was cool. There's a documentary called Just Desserts. So have you ever heard of that one, Mel? No, I haven't. It's about the making of Creep Show. Came out maybe two, three years ago. That's a really fun watch. Um, the, you know, you know. So, what are some of your favorite things about the Creep Show films? If I was to ask you that question, what would your answer be to that question? Now.
1: I like how it's like a bunch of different, you know, how it's an anthology, and but yet, like. The creep, as they've dubbed him. Yeah. You know, ties it all together. It gives it like a little something more.
0: When you say the creep, are you talking about Bill Coyne? (laughs) No. I talked to Billy Coyne earlier today. He's very happy that we bring him up. I was telling him about the history of uh, WBOB, how they didn't like us bringing up friends of the show because nobody knows who they are. Well,
1: that's the whole point. You can keep listening, you find out who they are.
0: Well the whole argument is like our, our close friends that catch catch these inside jokes are the people that listen to the show, so you know. Exactly. That's the point. That's like the point. We will keep everybody hap hap happy over here at the right? show. Um first film, first creep show movie. Um, do you remember what which your what your favorite segment was?
1: Uh, it's been a while since I've watched that one. Yeah. So I actually can't even remember right now what the different story segments were in that one.
0: You had, you know, Ed Harris's one with uh, the birthday cake episode uh, segment, rather, where, you know. Is that the-, the one with
1: the spoiled kid?
0: Yeah. That was possessed. Cadillac, what's my birthday? Where's my cake, Cadelia? Yeah.
1: Yeah, tormented, like, the whole family and made them all, like, they were crazy and whatnot. Yeah, right. like, I'm trying he, to get remember that one. He
0: was a bad guy. He was a bad mamma jamma. He looked like he was like Scrooge McDuck in human form. And, <laughs> um, they, yeah, I guess he was, he was hard on the kids and the Cadelia, his 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 soon-to-be alcoholic uh, daughter, hit him in the head with a big old marble ashtray, busted him wide open, killed him off. Yeah. And, and then like years later on Father's Day. Uh, he returns to, you know, wreak havoc. You know, rip off heads, um, make a guy go. <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, you have that segment. You have the the Leslie Nielsen, Uh Yes, Captain the plane. Nelson. You know where he? Well, Leslie Nelson where he's, um, you know, he's kind of like a rich dude who's. Girlfriend cheating on him with this playboy, and so like he buries him in sand. Um, oh,
1: okay. I'm thinking. I think I'm thinking uh, of the wrong movie. I'm thinking of John Lithgow and the the
0: plane, John the Lithgow alien,
1: in Twilight Zone. Yeah, yeah. Twilight I was thinking of the wrong one. <laughs> that's
0: a classic. Yeah, we we'll do that one one of these days. Um, I love that film as well. Um, this is Ted Danson from Cheers. You know what I mean? Sam Malone himself. You know, yep. the ultimate playboy. Uh, a lot of people would tell you. And, you know, they don't quite, they, they can't quite hold their breath for that long. So they drowned out, but they come back to see him, you know, a little later, make sure he's doing okay. And they bring him back, you know, they bring him back with them. Um, you also had the Stephen King, who wrote it, had a nice cool segment in there. Uh, Jody, I forget the last name right now, but he plays like a, a country bumpkin. Uh, kind of like dummy character who finds a, a moon rock and uh, brings it in to try and uh, he wants to try and get some money for it, but yep. he realizes touching it was a mistake. Um, then there is um, the one with the the roaches.
1: Yeah, I'll set with that one.
0: Yep, uh, yep. Yeah, yeah, um, where the the dude's uh, obsessed. He's a clean freak and uh, he's got an apartment that's completely you know, shut off from germs, supposedly, and uh, they get a roach pro- infestation. Yeah,
1: that would make me freak out.
0: The great Tom Atkins is in that, you know, in the wraparound story. Um, Tom Savini himself has a cameo in there to go back to him. Uh, I'm surprised we haven't seen a Savini cameo in the show yet. I haven't, at least. Um, it could be coming.
1: I, it, I, I, I'm trying to think back, because I know he directed the last episode of the season. Oh, okay.
0: Cool, cool. yeah. Um, On the new one, so...
1: But I'm not sure. I don't remember right now if he was in it or not. I don't think he was.
0: Okay. It's possible. Um, Let me see. Am I forgetting any... Oh, of course, the rat... uh, The crate. How could I forget that? The one with the where they find the uh, like that werewolf thing in the in the in the school under the stairs. Yep. Yeah, that was a good one too. That's probably my favorite one. That was a good one. That one's scary. That's that one's legitimate scary. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, Creepshow is great, and the animation in Creepshow is really fucking cool, really awesome. Big gigantic fan of that. Then you move into you know part two. Um. Great. I, like you said before, you got, you know, the Chief Woodenhead episode. Yep. That's, that's a really cool one. Um, You know, The Raft is a really great episode. The Hitchhiker, you know. Yep. Great stuff. Um, And then number three, the only one I really remember from number three is I want to say there's, like, a mo- – there's a – it's a more urban one. Um, and it's, like, a graffiti artist – graffiti, like, paints a mural, and, like, the mural comes out and kills him, I think. I don't know. It was kind of wacko. Um,
1: kind of sounds like that segment from Tales from the Hood.
0: Uh, but, way, but, but way worse. But, Tales from the yeah. Hood is, like, the most respectable, uh, I feel Tales from the Hood is the most respectable urban horror film of all time. That's the greatest doesn't get much better than Tales from the Hood. But well, uh, at least
1: the original one, because the sequel sucked.
0: The sequel was a little, little poo-poo, but the original is fantastic. I love that first one. They'll always oh, have uh, like yeah. a, a special place in my heart. I was so excited when I heard they were going to do a part two, because I was like, you know what? And it was all the original people, and it was like, you know, right now is the perfect time for this, and if done right, it could be really something cool. And um, you know, then it was
1: released and it was like, what?
0: Yeah, it was kind of lame. I'll say that. Um, I will say we'll have to start categorizing things as saying not quite as good as Snoop Dogg's Hood of Horror, but uh, it was trying to be, you know, it was trying to be a sequel or the the third film in the installment of a Snoop Dogg's Hood of Horror franchise.
1: Yep.
0: Um, that was my take. On that, um, but yeah, Creep Show two is great. Three, like I said, I can't really remember too much of it, and I, I, for a reason, I think. I think I tried to black that out. I think I started smoking crack cocaine just to try and wipe that movie out of my mind. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that that sounds years. legit,
0: you know. I lost seven years of my life, large over that movie. Um, the. Yes, then I guess we'll roll into the show because that's the next thing that would have been the next thing with it. How did you, when, do you remember when you first heard about the show, what your first impression was?
1: I, it's like with everything else, you know, you you hope that they bring on a director and writers that are gonna do it justice to, you know, the stuff we grew up with. But I like the fact that, you know, I mean, it wasn't bad. I think the only thing that they kept, like, I, you know, the comic sections in between each segment. But I think the, the stories were a little on the lame side to begin with.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was a, um, it was, it was kind a, of,
1: it, it wasn't like a complete letdown, but I think they could have done more with it.
0: I feel you. I feel you. I feel you, Cadelia. Um but yeah, I'm with I'm with you on a lot of that. You know, it was uh, when I first heard about it, I was iffy on it. I heard Nicotero was involved, so I said, you know, it could be cool. Um I know start- can't
1: have he he can't just be the only one carrying the entire show.
0: Of course, but I heard that there were certain directors that brought on like newer upcoming directors and such that I know John He's Harrison Yep, was, Joe they were, Hill. They were bringing. Oh, Joe Hill directed on this. Uh
1: yeah, he had a couple of
0: them. Really interesting. Yep. I can Well, see- he
1: or he wrote a couple of the short stories, not directed.
0: Okay. That kind of makes sense, yeah. Uh, because King did, did the original. Uh, Stephen King wrote the original ep- the original uh, first pilot episode too, which was yep. is a, is a fun fact. Uh, yep. So. First impression, I guess, my first impression from starting the first episode, you know, um, I like the practical effects of, like, the the intro. I thought that was really cool. I liked how, they the, you know, when you're doing something like that, it's really, you know, it's easy to kind of fail a little bit, but I liked what they did. The animation was really cool. You know, they have the famous shot of the, the you know, the creeper um, that, you know, it's like, no, like... You can, like, tell it's a puppet in the movie, like, in, in the in, in the original, but it's, like, so great. You know what I mean? Yeah. They did that. This with,
1: one kind of looked a little more animatronic.
0: Yeah, but this was cool because I know they didn't want to go CGI with it, and I know that for a fact because I heard, heard that that was, like, a big deal in an interview. And um, I'm glad they didn't because even though it looked a little – it did have a little bit of, like, not realness to it, but that added to it, I think, because it's fun. Supposed to be scary, fun uh, show, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah,
1: but it's not so much on the scary,
0: yeah. It was more hairy, <laughs> not a scary situation,
1: yeah. It's a hairy situation. I mean, the first episode wasn't bad, and you know, like I was saying prior to starting the recording with um, the first episode, Grey Matter, it kind of reminded me of that segment with the raft in Creep Show too.
0: Yeah, written by Stephen King, directed by Greg Nicotero. Yeah, um,
1: so I think...
0: I think he was doing a love letter back. It's funny that you say the, the raft um, in, in Creepshow 2, which I definitely felt, but I also felt a big influence from uh, Stephen King's episode, uh, or segment, rather, of the first, um, the first film, where he plays, like, the hillbilly
1: dude.
0: Yeah. The way that that dude was kind of... I guess we'll oh, Spoiler alert. The dude kind of turns into a slug, which was very slither like. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. There was that one scene where the father, you know, spoiler alert. Yeah. You know, where he, the father's sitting on the chair and, and his kid comes home and he's covered in his blankets and you just see like the ooze seeping through. Yeah. And then he puts the hand out and he tells him if he doesn't get him his beer, he's going to touch him and make him the same way.
0: It kind of had a little bit of a, um, uh, um, uh, was The Shape of Color there? The Nicolas Cage vehicle with uh, Richard Stanley? Oh, The Color Out of Space? The Color Out of Space, that's what it was. Yeah, The Shape of Color. What's that? The Shape of Color. <laughs> my mind tonight. I think that's a mixture of um, what I was Combined going Combined
1: a couple for. of movies.
0: Yeah, a mixture of that and uh, the Del Toro vehicle that he won his big Oscar for. Um but, yeah, I thought it, it had some mist elements to it. I remember reminding me of the Dreamcatcher. It had some Dreamcatcher, which is more Stephen King. Yeah. Uh, the mist feel. The Thing, it had, like, some very – whenever you see anything slimy and tentacly, you automatically go back to the Thing, of course. Uh, oh, like
1: that ending, like, when they, they finally show the what the father has turned into and it starts to split.
0: Yeah, I thought that was cool. That, yeah, that was very thingy. You know, Adrian Barbeau was in it, you know. Yeah,
1: classic icon. horror icon.
0: Yeah, pull back from the first movie. Tobin Bell was in there, you know, more modern. Man. We have Giancarlo Esposito. Uh, yeah, icon, yeah, it was nice. But, um, you know, it was fun. You know, I liked the whole, you know, the, the I didn't quite understand what, like, alcohol made the dude. Maybe I lost something. Alcohol turned the guy into a sleazeball, or what the, what's going on somebody.
1: I know, it was like, it's it like the father, you know, develops a drinking problem with with uh the severe complications and um I think it had something to do you know like with Adrienne Barbo when they're in the store and she asked Tobin Bell's character as a sheriff you know that I thought you took care of the mold problem so yeah. it's like the mold was getting into the beer because like they actually show her clean off the case before she gives it to them to go to the kid's house to see what's going on with the father yeah So I think, you know, in some way, shape or form, it somehow got into the beer and because, you know, he picks up the can and there's all the ooze and slime all over it. So, or whatever, you know, the father had gotten into, because like, there was one, that one scene, you know, where he goes in and he goes to vomit and he sticks his fingers in his mouth and it comes out with the slime and blood all over his fingers.
0: Oh, I took that as a weird sexual thing
1: you would <laughs> I, know, I, know, I
0: know. Well, I, I just have one thing to say. He went from Friday night beers to every night beers. Yep. That was my favorite line of that whole set. Oh, I
1: know. That kid that kid was obnoxious, but when he actually said something good, he said something good.
0: He was a little he he was he overacted it a little bit. It's like one of those things when uh, you know, th- uh, you know, he, it's almost like you never see he didn't he didn't. He didn't do the right research to see the old, uh, the lifestyle. You know what I mean. Of, yeah. The dynamic of that 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 situation played out in real life. He was a good actor, a very good actor. I just felt it was a little off. It was weird. Um, but I, I often felt that throughout the whole series so far is that some of the acting choices were a little a little off. Um, yeah, I, I, I think
1: the I, I think that the fact that you know, a lot of the names are not well known. Yeah. So, you know, who knows how many of them, this is like their first big thing that they're doing. So I think that kind of would hinder any, you know, outstanding performances. I think that's probably why they, you know, brought out the big guns with, you know, having Tobin Bell and Adrian Barbeau in that first episode and, you know, having Greg Nicotero direct it, you know, just to draw you in and, you know, pray for the best.
0: Yeah, it was one of those situations where, like, um, you know, I looked on their IMDb and I noticed a lot of them kind of—not a lot of them, but a good chunk of them—they were kind of doing their uh, in the same project. So I almost feel like they're kind of at that peak level of what's going on in California, like the Hollywood land right now. You know, they're probably yeah, Hollywood. Uh, they're probably the, the 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 working, you know, the kind of the working group right now that's kind of making moves. You know what I mean? Um. Yeah, there wasn't so many. I, you know, you have kind of iconic actors that made cameos, but I was expecting to see more more on-the-come-up type actors that are in horror, you know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't see, uh, you know, there, I'm sure there's some in there, but I didn't see as many as I thought I might see.
1: You know, yeah. I was kind of hoping to catch Alexander Hawk on one of these episodes, but you know, he didn't yeah,
0: show I'm, up yet. I still hope for that, you know what I mean?
1: Um, well, like I said, he hasn't shown up yet.
0: You know, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, and I'd, I'd, I'd love, if I knew, I'd know. Uh, one day, Alex Hawk will be able to keep secrets like that for me about doing these big, gigantic shows and keeping it tongue-tied secret. You know, um, what was your opinion of House of the Head, which is actually Alexander's favorite club to go to when he's in Las Vegas?
1: <laughs> um. That one was not exactly a favorite. I, I thought it was too kiddy. And you know, it kind of left a lot unanswered. Yeah. You know, like, how did the dollhouse become, like, haunted? You know?
0: Yep. Where exactly,
1: where exactly did the head come from? You know, they didn't order it out of the comic book. It, you know, there's just a lot of things that were left unexplained.
0: Uh, yeah, I think it was. Uh, they probably got to go and doing the old Matt Fisher flea market hustle, working their way around, starring Kaylee Fleming uh, as a little girl, I believe. Rachel Hendricks and David Shea. Uh, David Shea, who who reminded me a lot of like a low budget Eli Roth. He looked like a like a like a poor man's Eli Roth. Yep. But, but at first at, at first glance, I thought it was Eli Roth. Cause I know he acts as well. Um, you want right, to call it that? Yeah, ah, Hating on the Rothman. Eli. <laughs> Eli, if you see this, I want to work with you. You can produce my films. I'm not going to put your name on my film as a master of horror because I feel like I would catch the lawsuit and not the big break like the dude who made uh, Cop Car and Clown. So back to, back to this, um, uh, this episode I thought was very creepy. I enjoyed the creepiness factor of it. You know, you have the kids who have a very creepy looking severed head. Very Yeah. I
1: think, I think to me that like the creepiest part of that episode was like when the head, when she took it out of a dollhouse and threw it and it went under her bed and became full size.
0: Yeah.
1: That was probably like this, the most, scary thing to me about that entire episode, because I would have been like, screw that, I'm out, and you know, left it at that. I would have had that dollhouse taken out that same night, never mind, like, another day later.
0: Yeah. Yeah, she was very fearless, too. Like, it was very, uh, a very strong, young, female presence, you know.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, she couldn't be more than 10. You know, so, 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 I mean, considering the age of the person, you know, that it was predominantly featuring she did a good job, but it's just not a story that I, my, I, you know, I prefer a little bit more blood and guts type stuff. I, so.
0: Yeah. She was rocking around in the end. She was rocking that raspberry beret, like a gangster, like a, like an official. Yeah. gangster Yeah.
1: Like she wanted to say something to the old lady, like, you know, look, yeah. that's your mess now.
0: That was the thing. Like I thought I took that very racist because it was it was an, a lady of African-American descent, poor old lady, older lady. and Yeah, she,
1: like an orphanage she, or something that they donated it to.
0: She was just smiling at her and knowing that that, that nightmare was no longer her nightmare and was now going to become the nightmare of that poor old um, lady. Yeah, I was like, oh, come on. In a situation like that, it's nuts We you got to pass off the curse, you know. There's a lot yep. of that folklore. Um, it's an interesting thing, you know. But, yeah, I thought that was funny that they did it. Um, I want to make note, uh, this episode was directed by John Harrison. Uh, of uh, You know, if you don't know him for his directing thing, you know, he directed, like, the Tales from the Dark Side movie, multiple episodes of it. I think he did one or two episodes of uh, Tales from the Crypt um, as well. But notably in the horror community, he's probably known for doing um, – you know, his composing, his scores, you know, he scored Creepshow one and two, you know what I mean? Um, have you ever seen the movie Effects? It was a Joe, uh, what's his name? Um, blah, blah, blah. Joe Pilato. Joe no, Pallotto vehicle, yeah. um, pre-Day of the Dead, I believe. Um, but it's actually, and it's about like, um, I always like those movies within movies, movies. How do you like that? Yeah. Um, and it's yeah, pretty much five times fast. Yeah, I know. And it's pretty much it's like it's like a there's like a there's like they're making a horror movie, and while they're making a horror movie, somebody's like killing off the crew type movie. But it's like yeah. nice, it's nicely done. You know, it sounds a lot cheesier than it is. Uh, but he did that. He also uh, composed, you know, Day of the Dead classic. You know, anybody that has ever seen, you know, watches the. Uh, the the five minutes on Horror Haven little vidcast thing I do for the to- Tony Newton's uh, indie uh, indie film community uh, website we talked about you know Day They Get Dead great edition great vinyl um, if anybody else that collects vinyl which we'll probably try and get a little more into now that we're more video and visual with the shock treatment as long as this is successful we will uh, have probably more shit to show y'all. But yeah, so James John Harrison directed episode two. Um, yeah, haunted doll. You know what can you do, uh, Mad Mel? I want to ask you: out of those two episodes, those two segments on that one episode, which segment do you think was victorious?
1: To me, I was. I'm more pre- more more of a preference for gray matter.
0: I respect your decision, and I have to choose House of the Head. Yeah. I got more of a creepy vibe with it. I felt like um I don't know when I watched Gray Matter it just felt like it was a lot of fan favor thrown in and whether right down from the inf- the references that it thrown out a lot of big references almost like too big to be thrown out. I felt um I I thought it was very heavily influenced by King's uh segment of the first Creepshow show movie.
1: Yeah, that I, I think that's what yeah, I think I that's exactly what drew me into that episode too, though, yeah. is the fact that it was so much un- like that.
0: I can understand that for sure. And, and like
1: for, you said, the practical effects and everything that they they used for that episode were phenomenal. Like,
0: yeah, and this I, I didn't think it was a bad episode uh, so far. Out of these, the, the first three episodes, there's only one segment I thought was bad. Uh, that yeah, I, that, I, I, I yeah. wish it was- I didn't watch. Uh, yeah
1: I think i I think I might know which one, but I could be wrong
0: <laughs> We'll see we'll see we'll see um but yeah, so yeah, we look at that an even an even trade off where we uh I got number two, you got number one. maybe we should figure out maybe not, we'll see who can win at the end of this. I don't know we should have figured out some type of game for this, but you know when you finish the first episode of a show. There's usually one thing to do after that. Do you know what that is, Mel?
1: Um, see how many more episodes there are.
0: That's kind of it. But even before you do that, if you want to live recklessly and live on the edge like I do, I don't even go to see how many more episodes they are. I just fucking roll right into that episode too. Boom.
1: Yeah, that's actually kind of what I did. I binged it. I binged all of them like the same day.
0: I binged the first two episodes, and uh, I was gonna say I binged this, the, the the third episode earlier today, but you can't really binge one episode, right?
1: Yeah, no, because um, like well, I think it was all of what, maybe forty five minutes tops,
0: something like that, you know. But um,
1: I got to admit too, because um, you know I watched it both on Shudder and then AMC went and released it to watch on the station.
0: Yeah. And
1: I can definitely say that the commercials take away from the show because they show so many of them.
0: Really? I Yeah, know.
1: they did it briefly. They showed the, they showed all six episodes because I guess I don't I guess they I don't know if they were trying to lure more people into buying shutter because I am the own shutter.
0: Yeah.
1: So, you know, I don't know if they if they showed it just to, you know, get more people to go and get the the shutter app or Or what what have you. But like when you only have like a, 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 a segment that, you know, what maybe 20 ish minutes. Yeah. And then you've got about, you know, 10 minutes worth of commercials while you're showing that
0: (laughs) kind of takes away a little bit. And you said it was AMC, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that, Greg Nicotero has big in with them. You know what I mean? That's oh why. yeah,
1: because of Walking Dead and all of that. A
0: walking Dead. So that's that's why they're there. Um, yeah. And I mean, they weren't that watching them. They weren't that extreme. I couldn't. They don't even feel like they wouldn't. I don't even remember the swearing realistically. So like, I don't think. Um,
1: I think they said they may have said fuck once.
0: Maybe. Maybe but, in like the pilot.
1: I think uh, no, I don't even think it was the pilot. I think it was episode two, the bad wolf down one, that the swearing, the little I did hear was in.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Um, but Trying yeah. to make
1: it TV friendly.
0: Yeah, it's weird, you know, and and, and yeah, and the, the, you know they break it up when you see that when you see the different. Outlets that put <coughs> put commercials in between. <coughs> Pardon. No, that's, you, kinda,
1: that's why I stopped watching Walking Dead, other than the fact that, you know, every single one of the characters that I liked on the show have been killed off. I yeah. just couldn't take the commercials anymore. So now I'll wait till it comes <laughs> on Netflix or I'll go out and buy that, that season and just watch it at home binge it at home without all, all the commercials to ruin it.
0: Well, the streamings like that, which is kind of where they do it for marketing, where the the people pay, they they get paid off of, you know, running commercials and ads and stuff. And that kind of kills, you know, there's, there's certain, I've seen some certain platforms that like do streaming, you know what I mean? And
1: yeah, like Hulu or something, but like when when you're watching something on AMC and like I said. You go to commercial. You get about what three minutes worth of commercials each time. They go to commercials. They come yeah. back. They show two minutes worth of the show, and then they go to commercials again. It's like you just came back from a commercial.
0: Like there's some streaming sites like that too, which I don't. You know, there's I. Don't, you know, I'm not a big fan. I mean, I've often had this conversation with filmmakers because they go on there, and they, you know, it's it's good because they get to have it's another outlet for their film to be seen and stuff, but. When they break it up, I don't know. Kind of takes people out of the flow of the movie a little bit. But I'm not hating on doing it. You know what I mean? It no,
1: was, I mean you gotta, they got to get paid, but yeah, it, it, it's even it sucks even more when you're like totally involved into what you're watching and then yes. you forget you have you are watching it on a streaming service that does have commercials so when it goes to commercials it's like oh shit what the hell come on hurry up
0: i know and it takes you out for you know maybe a minute or so they're, they're not as long on the streaming as they it is on you know on regular blotting. tv yeah. but it's still kind of unfortunate because it's like yeah you get into it you're building you know if it if you're building suspense or so you're building a moment and then all of a sudden it's uh, well, some
1: commercial for some item that I don't need in my house.
0: You can lose people, man. You can lose people on just that that moment alone because um, attention spans are so low, so so short, short wick like John Wick's temper.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, we'll go into Creep Show uh, episode two. You know the first segment you mentioned recently, uh, not too long ago. Bad Wolf Down, where you, you suspect that a big fuck bomb was dropped uh, right in there and leveled the playing field. Starring, uh, I was very happy to see Jeffrey Combs up in this motherfucker. Um, yeah.
1: Um, the one that was kind of surprising was Kid Cudi.
0: Kid Cudi, I don't see. It's the other end of the spectrum where like I was very um, un uh, unaffected by seeing Kid Cudi in the film. Um I didn't think it was that great, and then there was a David A. McDonald was up in that mother trucker too. Um, written written and directed by Rob Schrab. You know, it was um, I'll be to go back to before this was the this was the segment that I liked... that so far the episode the segment I've liked the least. To tell you the yeah,
1: I, it, oh, it's, sure. it's definitely not a favorite. Um, I I'm, actually. I would. I didn't like either episode. Like, I even the, the second yeah. the segment on that episode was kind of like a little on the wanky side.
0: Yeah, I. But but was saying that I I loved Jeffrey Combs and I thought Jeffrey Combs was great. Um, I think that they, if they if you were doing a highlight of the entire series so far, that I don't think you could do that highlight reel without putting in that scene of Jeffrey Combs as the angry father Nazi guy being like, I want them died. And then they do the creep show light change behind him. Yeah. I think that was ideal. Um, in one of the highlights of the show, which is interesting to say that while saying, I think that's the weakest episode that I've seen so far out of the six, but um, yeah, I didn't dig it. You know what I mean? Uh, halfway into it, I started thinking to myself, you know it would be really cool is if they actually did a prequel werewolf thing where it was like, a pre- it showed everybody where those three, you know, in America, where, werewolf in London where they have the, the demon werewolf, those three, yeah. demons, they come to him in his nightmares. I think they should do like, they should have done like a weird prequel to that where it'd be like- I- you start to watch it and then at the end you realize, holy shit, these are the, these are the characters from America Werewolf in London. I thought that was. Yeah, would've...
1: that's what I was going to say. Like, I think, um, I think what made it lack its appeal is like, I think that's an that was a segment that would do fantastic as like a full length feature film. You know how like when, um, they did the Grindhouse movies, Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino, how they threw in, you know, they had like the, the fake trailers and how Machete got to become like an actual full length feature from that i think yeah. that this would be better as a full length feature because then you know they could build more on the story there was there was so many ways that that could go that you know
0: i don't know i think it,
1: it lacked because of the yeah. fact that you know you got a 20 minute segment and you're trying to fit a full feature into that 20 minute segment
0: I like Rob Zombies SS women, uh, women of the SS. Uh, yeah,
1: and even out. that was that was rumored to you know
0: that I'm it was going to be a
1: full length feature, and you know you get to see that.
0: I think every movie was speculated. The most real, the most uh, Eli Roth's Thanksgiving movie, I think, is the most um, the most one that has caught any type of traction of it becoming a reality. But um, yeah, they were all very fun. Again, Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez outdo themselves with coolness. You know what I mean? Yep.
1: Yeah. yeah, that's uh, definitely a, a good flick.
0: You know, but I yeah, I the, the uh, Bad Wolf Down I thought was uh, lame as fuck. Down, that's what they should have called that movie. Woo! Yeah,
1: because every time I've every you know I've watched through this a couple of times already. You know, even prior to deciding we were going to do the show on this. Yeah. And I don't know why like literally every time I get to that I get to that episode that particular part and I like I can feel my eyes getting heavy and I want to doze off and I'm like fighting through it.
0: Yeah. Um I really uh, Jeffrey Combs was great in it. But yeah. Jeffrey Combs is great in everything. Everything he does he's great in, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, he's so. if, if it wasn't for him that episode would have been even worse than it was.
0: If it wasn't for him, they would have can they would have fucking canceled that whole episode and put something else in it probably.
1: I'm kind of curious as to why they only made six episodes, you know? Because usually when they have put a new show out, they don't usually just do like six episodes and
0: call well, it. Who, th- did sh- who paid for it originally? Did Shutter originally pay for it?
1: Um. Well, like I said, Shutter okay. is owned by AMC. So.
0: Well, I think they probably got bought out later, but like I don't. Yeah, Shutter's. I don't. I almost don't think Shutter could flip the budget for for the Creep Show show. I don't know. I wonder who, huh? I wonder who. Maybe the Shutter's got more money than I think they do.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to play it down so that people don't realize that you know they're a force to be reckoned with.
0: Instead of like buying the extra bandwidth for the Joe Bob Briggs special, they they put their money there and they made a classic Creep Show 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 very nice (laughs) uh shutter's good times though uh shutter if you ever want to air a live shock treatment with mel and maddie uh, television show you have my permission you probably have mel's permission too why not uh, i would uh you can air my movies i'd be down with that i'd get into bed with uh shutter shutter to think you know what i mean (laughs)
1: yep the puns alone
0: so I'd have to bring James Balsamo with me everywhere for those puns.
1: Yeah, he's quick with the draw. At
0: most he's the man. Um, the next episode, the finger, which uh, I can understand where you're going with their little lackluster. Uh, uh, yeah,
1: like I love DJ Qualls, but it's just I don't. It, it lame. It's I, just yeah. lame.
0: Yeah, I um, I like this one a lot more than I like. The- yes. One, I liked how he was kind of crazy. I liked that whole take because I always like those weird, the zany episodes in these types of series where the you know the whole cra- the whole the horror is the, how crazy this person is. That's how he's so he's so fucking crazy. It's yep. to- and
1: yeah, and and the fact that you know Nicotero directed this episode as well. So yeah, you know I think so far the episodes that he's directed have, have been my preference.
0: I think that he was turned on wanting to direct this project because it's a little different when you're, when you're making a project, it's a, that with the character addresses the audience, almost Ferris Bueller. Like there's a different dynamic there that you don't catch just directing regular shit. Like you only get that when you do those types of things. Like that's probably- well,
1: And you know, he's got to be getting sick of doing zombies. So, you know, it gave him an opportunity to, you know, kind of, get out there and, you know, do something different for a little bit of time that, you know, doesn't involve Walking Dead.
0: I wonder if you get sick of doing zombies when when, when, when they've given you everything like that. I'm sure you do eventually. I'm sure George wanted to do other things. Romero. Like,
1: sti- like, I was sitting there watching, looking for, like, Easter eggs, because you know how, like, he throws Easter eggs into the episodes he's done of Walking Dead. So you know, I was kind of that's kind of another reason why I went back and rewatched it too, because I you know I wanted to make sure I didn't miss something, but I don't think I did.
0: <laughs> I, did I ever tell you my Nicotero story? It's small. It's nothing. Too, nothing crazy. No. Just, you know, before Walking Dead kind of went huge, when of course K and B, we everybody known for K and B, um, and he was iconic and legendary for that uh, at Rock and Shock. I see met him. And um very cool guy, super nice. Um I remember he gave me like he had this um you know how they had the fake newspaper for like the dead walk? Yep that like, he gave he had like one of those that he had up on display all weekend that he gave me. Which oh, was that's cool. cool. So I framed it up for free too. It was dope. Um but yeah dragging right. Yeah, super cool. Well, he said, you know, I know in the future you're going to do a show called Shock Treatment with Mel and Maddie, and I'm going to be a huge fan of it. So So I can show this off. I want to give you this right now, yeah. Um, But yeah, that was cool. And it was cool because it was kind of like, I'm sure he's still a cool guy, but it's like, I like when you get to be able to meet him before. You know, it's not like he wasn't famous because everybody knew him in the horror community, but you know, nobody's going to lie, could lie and say that his career and, you know, stardom didn't kick up a couple notches, you know what I mean, when he took uh, all- And I
1: want to say, too, I think, I think that produ- his production company, they did a lot of the work on the new Dark Crystal series, too, on Netflix.
0: They did. Well, K&B, his, there's really no, his, his effects company has got to be top three. And they have been the last 15, maybe 20 years.
1: Yeah, they're they're phenomenal. There's nothing that his production company has, you know.
0: And they've done they don't
1: put their hands in it. Isn't fantastic.
0: Yeah, they do everything too. You know, they'll do they'll do the big Peter Jackson films all the way down to you know, Evil Dead reboot. You know. Yeah. They're uh, very respectable within the 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 genre of horror and cinema in in general. In general. General. Um. But yeah, the DJ Qualls one was cool. You know, he's crazy guy. Slowly unraveling type deal. But all one of those, he's a madman type car- type um, segments. Uh, like you said, Nicotero directed it. Uh, David S. Shao wrote it. Um, not the best episode, like you said before, but definitely not. Um, Bad Wolf Down and... Definitely, I say takes the crown when these when, when the, the the two episodes of this, the two segments of this episode squared off. I'd have to say number two, the finger takes the gold on that. And yeah, think,
1: that's the one I liked too.
0: I think you might agree with me on that. Yep. Yep. So, hell yeah! So, moving on into episode three territory, Mel. Okay. Oh, fir- hello, Z. All first episode up, All Hallows Eve, not to be confused with the um, our buddy Damien Leone's uh, film, movie. pre-Terrifier film. It was,
1: gave me, it, that had like a whole, like the Tales of Halloween vibe to it, you know?
0: It did, you know, everything on Halloween kind of has that vibe nowadays, you know? Yeah,
1: the, so it, reminiscent of that, just like a, a different twist.
0: Yeah, you know, Connor, uh, Christy, Madison Thompson, Andrew Eagle, actors in this film, directed by John Harrison, returned to direct another one, written by Bruce Jones. Um, I don't think he's related to Neil Jones or Troy Jones from the uh, Without Your Head Boys. But this is the other, another Jones family. Yeah. Um, I will say that, uh, you know, the young trick-or-treaters are terrorizing their town. Ah, uh, you, you come to find out at the end. Spoiler alert! It's because there's a boy that they're they're kind of tor- tormenting. Um, you know, Actually,
1: just that whole like group of friends.
0: Group of friends, yeah.
1: Rival, rival I, kids I
0: gang. I, I realized I fucked up. But what this <laughs> what this reminded me of is it reminded me of there was an old Tales from the Crypt episode um, where there's a kid. Who goes to like this house party in the in the woods? Uh, in this house, old house, this old house that's like deep in the woods. And once he's in there, you know things start to go weird and stuff. And what and the good the the ghost they, they become more ghouly and such. And they're burned. And what you yep. later, what you later find out is that when they were back in like the day, the 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 kid's father was you know classmates with them and there was some type of house party thing and he did some prank that ended up burning down the house by accident killing all the people so as a revenge you know 30 years later or whatever they did they they, you know they swore to get back at him the uh the kid goes to the part is lured there by these ghouls and then they kill the kid so like it had that whole vibe that's the vibe i got from it um which was an interesting vibe, to say the least,
1: yeah, I love how they were just like going and robbing everybody's candies and like complaining about you know muffins being too many blueberries and you know but
0: speaking of too many I've seen too many movies like that, so I had to put that in a pile of not liking it,
1: yeah, me too.
0: um look at you, you're too good. And also- no
1: seriously, for the same reason, like i I felt like I've seen it before.
0: And it had a funny game, it had a very funny games influence, which I love the movie Funny Games. Um, but it just felt, I don't know, it felt like something that's been rehashed a billion times. It just kind of felt like there's, in other episodes, they kind of felt it too, almost like, I don't want to say bad. They're
1: playing it safe.
0: Yeah, like not like bad writing, but just like fanfare, too much fanfare, like, people will love this. This has been done a million times. People are going to love this. And it's like, no, like, I would rather have, you know, I would rather have seen more creatively written. um, Like
1: I said, it it feels like they're playing it safe, you know, because people love to complain about everything these days. So.
0: If they were done for a little money, I mean, if they had a little budget and they were answering the people, they would have, they they might have to. And Nicotero, you know, is a dude who, running one of the biggest shows going so he does have to kind of he can't go making something too offensive he's too much in the spotlight you know what i mean yeah so that element might play a factor in there too but they try, you know and they always try to do what they can with what they got what they're allowed to do so to speak you know what i mean is yeah. pushing the envelope but um certain people can do it can like really figure out a creative way to get in there and get edgy and all that without kind of spilling over a new offensive when other people just kind of don't know the formula and who's who, who knows, who knows what, but I, I thought the episodes could have been a little better rain. Uh, no offense to anybody. Um, and then following up, you know,
1: <laughs> the man in the suitcase.
0: The Man in the Suitcase. I, was-
1: I loved this episode. Like, I, I mean, granted, yeah, I pretty much laughed through the whole thing, but yeah. it was it was a good episode.
0: Yeah, starring Wilkin Drujic, Madison Bailey, and Ravi Nadu. Um, you know, directed by David Bruckner from The Signal, if you remember The Signal, The Ritual recently, which was a big deal. Um, he also used he a part of the anthology film Southbound and one of the VHS films. And he's actually he's actually doing the reboot, the Hellraiser, which I realized, and I didn't even know there was a reboot going on. I know that there was I didn't either.
1: Like uh, we don't need any more Hell we don't need another Hellraiser reboot after that last movie.
0: I know. Wow. know
1: the wall the Walmart version of Pinhead. Ah, ah, ah,
0: ah, ah. It's true. Christopher Buhlman, uh written by uh, but yeah, this one was weird, uh, for sure. It was definitely a weird one. Um, because I do mostly ghostly, you know, a podcast you guys can catch on podcasting, streaming sites. I do a paranormal one. I knew about the Jin. Are you familiar with Jin? Yes.
1: It's
0: like a the genie. The genie like, in like a the bottle thing, type of thing, like yeah.
1: yeah. Except,
0: the,
1: except it wasn't your, your normal, uh, you know, genie in a bottle.
0: I want to, what is it? I'm a genie in the bottle, come and rub me the right way. Is that what it is?
1: Yeah, Christina Aguilera. That's how it is.
0: The, um, but yeah, I like it. It was very corny and fun in the beginning when you're like, what the fuck is this guy doing in a a
1: suitcase? He's like, I think you need a hospital, man.
0: Exactly. Like, Like, I laughed a few times in this one.
1: Oh, God, definitely.
0: And, uh, he, he enjoyed smoking weed, which I thought you would enjoy. I enjoyed. You don't see too many stoner Horror movies,
1: and the the ones that are out there are really
0: really bad. Like like straight up stoner though, like smoking weed stoner. You see dummy, you know. Well yeah, you're right with that. There, a lot of them are really fucking bad. I can't really think of. Um, it's kind of a, a weird. It's a weird place to go because you got your stoner comedy is usually like a dummy type comedy, and then you're making you you're making a horror movie which if you don't respect it, you're gonna look at it as a dummy type of genre. And uh, I only bring that up because there's plenty of people that make horror films that aren't quite horror fans that make it because they, they know that it's a more, they claim to be more welcome of an audience. But I, I, I argue that fact because I feel like that they're, they're so passionate horror fans are so passionate that they're more harder to please. I think. Um, But uh. Yeah. So uh, we're going back to uh in the suitcase man here and uh yeah, like
1: when he when he first shows like his ex-girlfriend and the roommate the yes. guys in the suitcase and you know they're talking about what they should do, at, you know, because I think it's right after he realizes that, you know, when the gin gets hurt, the gold coins come. Yeah. And you know, the kid just zips up the suitcase and pushes him down the stairs and all you hear is it sounds like a slot machine at the at the casino, you know, letting go all the change.
0: Yeah, it started off real goofy and then, like, got, it was, got sinister. Um, and, like, I was, like, because unre- I know the gin whole deal because Ray, Ray Boone's huge on gin. We talk about that a lot um, and how it can take human form and stuff like that. And, you know, the whole, the way that, that, episode, that segment played out was very realistic to, like, folklore. Like, whoever yeah, yeah. wrote it knew. That's what I mean by interesting scripts. Like... Whoever wrote that wrote an interesting script. You know, it, was, it was true to the, to the material, and it flowed, like, realistically. Um, and, like, if you were to be someone to believe in something like that, which a lot of people do, then you could definitely find some fear in that. And I like the dynamic of the bringing, in, bringing it in comedically, like the, the, the flow of the setup, was the perfect way to bring that in to bring the situation in you bring it in a comedic way and then get dark you can't bring it in dark you know what i mean and then then
1: get comedic with
0: it or mix or or like bring it in dark and then mix the comedy you have to do it a certain way so like right there shows you great writing or great directing or both um which was good so it was kind of good that i know we did the first three episodes in part two we're gonna do the, the the last three episodes of season one but i thought that the first part um, ended really, sh- ended pretty strong. It made me actually hopeful, uh, for the next three episodes. Whereas if I was gonna, let's say, if I seen all, all Hallows Eve as well as the, the, you know, the fucking, the fucking. Yeah,
1: like every episode has had one that, you know, wasn't phenomenal, phenomenal. And then, you know, the next one makes up for the, the first episode being lackluster.
0: Yeah, like it like I said, if it was the two previous ones, I'd probably I don't even know if I'd I probably
1: would have stopped watching it after that yeah, episode. Yeah,
0: I don't know if I'd be excited to Mosey on into the next journey, adventure of it, but I liked uh I liked the last episode enough to kick it into gear and do a big, you know. I was down with it. So it's one of well, those- like I
1: said, the episodes, you know, other than you know, the feeling of it being they're playing it safe. Yeah. I think this could be something that could hopefully go on for a little bit, you know, something other than, you know, walking dead to watch or American horror story, because I'm getting sick of, you know, all of those now. So
0: yeah, the idea
1: of something new to watch is, you know, in the horror genre it works
0: for sure. Yeah. Thus far, I feel thus far my take on it is, um, so far, so good, you know what I mean? I mean, there could be better. it could be better, could be worse, um, but it could definitely be better, and uh, right now
1: it's just kind of holding its own,
0: yeah, right now it's kind of uh you know it's 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 popped on the scene. I think at this point, it's kind of uh, whatever nostalgia or fandom is keeping. Creep show fans around is starting to wear off at this point, so they're uh, they need to start. And they did with the last episode; it was it was good. They need to just keep keep things interesting and fresh. And uh, I think they'll keep people entertained. Like I said, I think they're already on season two, so I'm like super behind in the game. Uh, I
1: haven't even I haven't even watched season two yet. If it's on there,
0: I got another season and a half of stuff that they've already done that I'm speaking, they should be doing, and they, they quite possibly could have done. So, Well, I
1: mean, if the second season's already out there, they got it out pretty quick, considering the fact that, that the first season didn't premiere until, like, what? Late... Yeah, yeah late it, September of last year, it yeah, premiered. It, so...
0: Yeah, but if it's just another six episodes, then it's probably, you know...
1: It'll be quick.
0: It's not but it's
1: just first. weird how they did it, because, like I said, usually with a, a show like that, they give you more than six episodes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I was surprised. They probably just, uh, I don't know. Maybe they were That's
1: why I feel like they're playing it safe. You know, why why make a 12-episode show and, you know, have it get canceled after, you know, the first three episodes?
0: I agree. I mean,
1: I can kind of see why. But in the same token, too, now, you know, that I've watched the first half, the first six, I should say. I've already watched the first six. But I think that they they really are. They're just playing at games just to keep, you know, all those people out there that like to bitch and complain about every little thing at bay.
0: It's true. That is true. I I noticed you changed your name.
1: I just yeah.
0: Skill. Skills, I like it. I support that.
1: Yeah, I, it's better. I mean, most people that know me anyway, they know what my last name is. If they have me on Facebook, you know, follow me on Facebook. But, like, this is going to be out there, out there. You know, I don't need that kind of crazy in my life.
0: No, I hear you. I'm with you.
1: I get enough crazy. I don't need more.
0: Ay, kalamba! <laughs> well... Uh, I dig it. I think so. I think we'll wrap up. We'll see how th- this plays out, and uh, that's. Oh, just... and actually,
1: because like David Arquette's coming up in um the next half of the episodes that are out, and today is his birthday. He's forty-nine.
0: Happy birthday, little, David Arquette! I'm looking little for little fun fact. His new documentary looks really cool. Did you see the trailer for that?
1: No, not yet.
0: About him being a wrestler, uh, which. Looks oh, really- God, that brings
1: me back to that movie he did with – is it Scott Con? Ready to Rumble?
0: Ready to Rumble. Ready to Rumble is one of my guilty pleasure movies. I
1: love that movie. I saw that in the theater when I came out because at the I time I was going through a wrestling phase. So, But, yeah, that movie is funny as hell. Yeah, I like it. And and The House of a Thousand Corpses, Devils, Rejects, and Three from Hell got a a, a, a steelbook released today at Target.
0: Oh, all three of them?
1: Yeah, all three of them in a steel, one, a steel book. So I, ne- I yeah. might have to take a field trip to Target and pick that up.
0: I bet Dave Mackin's got a.
1: Probably. I actually saw, I didn't even know about it. I saw a post on Instagram from um, Jeffrey, Jeff Daniel, Jeff
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Daniel
1: Phillips yeah. or whatever.
0: Yeah. Good uh, new artwork or just the three colors? Cut- um,
1: it looked kind of dope it looked like it was something new they didn't really like zoom in on it like the the picture wasn't that great that was posted to instagram yeah but check it out. we know me and my rob zombie fetish so you know there's a steel book i'm gonna have to get it
0: <laughs> that's true that is true it would probably be like 15 bucks. it won't be that much 20 bucks.
1: Oh, guy, if it's on Blu-ray, it probably and steel book, like maybe twenty-five bucks if that.
0: Yeah, I haven't bought a steel book in a long time.
1: I think the last steel book I bought was uh, *Fate of the Furious*.
0: Last one I bought was *It Follows*. At at Best Buy, Best Buy put out like a cool steel book where the artwork was like her looking in a rearview mirror.
1: Yeah, I gotta, I gotta admit though, you know, like, um, I like the Steelbooks. Um, really? I have a couple of Rob Zombies movies on Steelbook. I have a bunch of movies on, that I've gotten the, the Steelbooks, and I, I think it just gives it a little something more, you know, cause I, I bought it, the first chapter on Steelbook. Mm. So, you know, I like them though, I mean, especially like with the artwork is different from like yeah. previous, but, you know, I don't care. I'm going to own 9,000 copies of, you know, House for a Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects, and Three from Hell on every format available and every cover available, but whatever. It is what it is.
0: Someone's got to.
1: Yeah. I like his movies. I even bought the, the LP Rhino for uh, 31 when that came out.
0: Yeah. Oh, you don't even have a vinyl player. You never I ever...
1: don't. I just bought it because I thought it was dope that the soundtrack was released on vinyl. So I was like, "Screw it, why not?" You know.
0: How much did that that gave you, upset you back? Twenty five bucks.
1: Not even. I think legit when that came out, I might have spent maybe twelve
0: ninety nine. Oh, there you go then. It
1: was, yeah. It was, it was dumb. shit, this is why I bought it.
0: Yeah, there's um. Every now and then I stumble into them like super cheap uh certain things that i don't know if they just didn't fly or what the story i don't
1: i I think too and like considering the fact like when i bought it it was the week it came out and i bought it from i believe i want to say newberry comics Hmm. so you know newberry comics isn't always that cheap for stuff that's brand new you know usually they try to get the big bucks when something new comes out but i think because there was so much slack with that movie being like atrocious yeah that you know they were like oh nobody's gonna buy this and we're gonna be stuck with this forever
0: yeah. Yeah, I believe that. I'm with that. I'm so with that.
1: The artwork on it's pretty dope, and I wouldn't mind getting it autographed if that opportunity ever presents itself again.
0: I'm sure it will.
1: Because I remember when it first came out, that was the year my mom passed, and they, the entire cast was at Rock and Shop. Yeah. So that was another reason for me purchasing the LP, because I wanted the vinyl, because I wanted everybody to sign it.
0: Yeah, I think you'll be able to get if 30, you can get everybody from 31 to probably sign it.
1: Yeah, and I mean, most of them might have their autograph in one way or another, anyways, but I think just on that particular item would be cool.
0: No, that would be cool for sure. I know that they did a uh, Mondo release, like a, um, they did vinyls for, you know, House of Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects, and, um, the newest one there uh, three
1: from three hell from, yeah.
0: three from hell yeah and uh, those looked really cool there are a lot of print right now though already of so. course they are but they were they were like 40 bucks which is reasonable you know not reasonable but that's regularly what they are like 40 bucks when they come out
1: yeah which is i mean for something like that it's not that big of a deal and vinyl always sounds like fantastic
0: yeah, vinyl sounds great. I mean, I, got, I have a gigantic collection of...
1: Yeah, I know. I can see it behind you. Well,
0: that's well, some behind of it. Me is music. Behind me's Muzak. My my vinyl, I got to set my, my soundtrack sections, like right here. It's probably like six feet or so. Um, and, and I've just been collecting the soundtracks for a while. But yeah, that's what's There's cool. Sound-
1: this. Every soundtrack known to mankind.
0: That's what's cool about the new the new ones they do is like how they um, how they like redo the artwork and stuff like that which is pretty funky. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which I can enjoy. Oh God, yeah. To the to the umph! Oh yeah, I got this the other day. Oh, this is kind of horror related. I'm not even a fan of the show, but it was like twelve bucks, so I grabbed it.
1: What is that for? Stranger Things. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It was like the soundtrack of um, the first two seasons. So it just got you know it's got you know every breath you take by the police should the I say The
1: awesome '80s soundtrack.
0: Yeah, it's pretty much it. You got Joy Division, Duran Duran, the psychedelic Furs, Man, Bon Jovi. Uh, the big selling point was earlier in the day I was rocking out to some Bon Jovi "Runaway" because that song's the, the greatest achievement and um i was thinking to myself i'm like I, I should have this song somewhere and then i seen it on the soundtrack and i was like well
1: well it's only 12 dollars. let me get it
0: i know what i gotta do now you know what do you got there pen i like it
1: yeah just random you know stuff i pick up and start playing with while i'm sitting here yeah, okay. that's that's the only bad thing about you know the video portion now. Now I have to put, behave myself, kind of with the things I do while I do a show when we're just well, recording it.
0: The vocals. Well, we can you can the Lauren Malloy show. You can do anything you want on your show. That's what I heard.
1: Well, I smoked a lot of weed on the night I was on her show. So.
0: I told her that we were gonna head over there and be on the show soon. Me and Mel were almost on uh, Culture Shock with James Lamond recently, but we'll be on there again. Me and Me and the Hawk went on there for Boomboxer Cast, but we'll go on a shock treatment soon.
1: Yeah, it's just only because it's not on a Sunday. Uh, that's usually the day that that's the only day that I really can't on a weekend.
0: Truth. So. Thanks for joining us on Shock Treatment TV. We'll catch y'all folks later. Peace. Peace that's that mm-hmm.